I shouldn't have RAM problems, but same. I do the same thing. I have tripled the RAM and all my shit, and uh, was assured that that would solve all the problems. Does it? No. It's probably just literal p- pieces of mummified shit that they sell you. It's not even RAM. RAM doesn't even exist. God damn it! Really? Hey, everybody! Welcome to I'm okay. You're okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. Welcome to Apple Critique Talk with your hosts, Clint Wells and Bob Schneider, where we critique Apple goods and how they, since the demise of Steve Jobs, have been getting fucked up here and more fucked up here. I mean, maybe in 20 years, Apple won't even be a thing anymore. I mean, they almost went out of business after he quit the first time. It's just such so, a weird thing to think about that something so like everyone has a fucking iPhone. But imagine in twenty years when it's like, remember when everyone had an iPhone? That was weird. You know. What do you think they'll have in twenty years? Just a chip planted in your brain. I feel like that's what everyone says. It's kind of like people have been saying that we're going to be flying cars by now. I don't know if we're twenty years away from like having just chips in our brains, but it'll be some other bullshit. I think the well, chips. You, I think you, think the synthesis of technology is coming. I just don't think we're twenty years from it. Well, Elon Musk, who famously invented the flying car, uh, he's working on a neural shunt. Basically, it'll be something that you. It'll be like a USB that will uh, that they'll put in the back of your like spinal column, and uh, you'll be able to like access the internet just by thinking about it. I mean, how's that going to be good for anybody? I mean, it's basically, it's a race to the singularity. So it's either us or the AI. I just long for simpler times. I really do. Maybe I'll be one of those guys that just makes a simpler life for myself. Dude, I I feel like all, I mean, if you're going to really be honest, everybody longs for the good old days because you know what the good old days are? a known entity. It's not even that like, oh, but if you go back, then there was this injustice and this, and we have to change. No, the thing that makes it good is not the injustice or the, you know, devil may care attitude of the eighties and nineties or whatever. It's, it was a known thing. And now Everything from here on out is unknown, and that shit's scary, son. But I guess the people of the 80s and 90s, which we were them, but they're gone. Let's face it. They're not here anymore. No, they're, they're dead. They're ghosts. But to us, it was unknown. I mean, the future was unknown. It was scary then. There was just less things to, to eat up all your time and energy and less things to just like depress you and, and like really fuck you up. I will say this. I get on my, on my iPad... And I just I snuff out an hour playing solitaire. Like it just is gone. And then when I get off the solitaire, this realization comes on into me, into my brain. And I don't even think it's conscious. I think it's very much subconscious. Uh, but it's part of the program. It's part of my math. And the math is, oh, you're just an hour closer to your demise. And you just didn't use it at all. You just checked out in a way that i used to check out with drugs and alcohol yeah now i just do it 
by looking at my looking at my smartphone, iPad, or computer or TV. I mean, I'm trying to. I was even thinking yesterday. I was like, do I need to like really quit watching sports because sports is just eating up so much of my time. Like, what? Because there's a lot of basketball games every day, and it's like my output's still real high. So at least I can look at my output and say, like, well, my output's high. But man, yeah, I it makes me just want to throw all the screens away. Like last night, I wasn't drinking. I haven't I'm on like day 41 of this diet. So not a lot of drinking at all, really. Not eating when I'm sad or lonely. And I'm reading this John Lennon book that I like. I've read it before, but I'm reading it again. And family went to bed and I kind of had my my time, which is generally from 9.30 to whenever I want to go to sleep. Usually it's, fi- time. it's usually filled with records or movies or basketball games. We call it the CW. And last night, I just put my phone away and just sat and read a book for an hour. And I haven't done that in like 15 years. It was great. I was able to like focus on it. I wasn't worried about getting text messages. I had to take my watch off because my watch is now integrated into everything internet. So even if you put your phone away, my watch lets me know that there's a world out there that surely I'm missing something great happening out there, which I, I'm not. Nothing's going on. Bunch of bullshit. You know what's going on here? What? South by Southwest. Oh, yeah. You know what South by Southwest is for me and has been has been every year since it started 20 years ago or 25 years ago or 30 years ago. Whenever it started, every year... South by Southwest rolls around to remind me of one thing and one thing only. The entire planet gives zero fucks about you and whatever you're doing. (laughs) Period. Oh, by the way, you thought people cared? Guess what? We don't. Oh, you think they care? Oh, hey. Don't. Bye. You're talking about you? You want people don't care about you? People don't give a fuck about me yeah that's what south by southwest because here's what i can do i can go down to the saxon pub and there'll be a nice group of fans there and and they i walk in and they like applaud and i'll go hey man i'm hot shit boy hey boy hey you boy i'm hot shit boy but then i go to south by southwest and it's an entire town full of people who give not even, you know, like sometimes when, sometimes when you take a shit and then you're done shitting, you've wiped all the shit away from your butthole. And then just as you're ready to leave the room and go get back on that roller coaster ride called life, that catastrophic anxiety inducing fuck ride. Right then, (laughs) right then, your fucking body says, hey, we forgot. Not quite done. We got a little left. (laughs) And you're like, I'm done. I did all the wiping. I did the flushing. I did it all. But but there's no fighting it. You got to you got to go. Okay, I know it's not a lot. And just a tiny amount will come out. (laughs) But dude, it comes out in a bad way. It comes out like a sneaky fucking, like a dude in a video game that's you're where you're supposed to assassinate the boss. Like it comes out, it's not a straight out. 
it's a sneaky side to side or just side, not even side to side, just a cider. <laughs> All I'm saying is I'll spend more time trying to tidy up that last little turd than I will all of the, because the previous stuff came out nice and, you know, like a submarine out of the deep. It's like a dune sandworm. You s- yes. You see the rumbling under the sand. Yeah, it comes out all in one large lumpy piece. Now, okay. but this last little chunk, mm-mm. it's like, have you ever used Play-Doh where you squeeze it through something? If you've got a lot of Play-Doh in there, it just comes out nice and you're good. But if you just have a tiny amount of Play-Doh at the end there, it comes out. <laughs> and you're saying this is what South by Southwest is like? <laughs> I can't imagine anybody in the world listening to me talk about shit coming out of my butthole in a weird way for five minutes. And that's where we're at. We're at minute five. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, the reason for me telling this story, the analogy or the metaphor that I was getting at, similar to George Orwell's Animal Farm, where he's talking about communism, no idea what the metaphor is for or about. Well, I did South By for 10 years in a row with mostly unknown independent artists, like the official South By. And then I I did a handful with you, which I thought were always fun. But I can tell you this, there may be a lot of people in the streets but I, pl- I must have played I must have played 30 showcases on 6th Street carrying my pedal board from Maggie Mays to fucking I can't even think of the names of these bars anymore. And no one cares at those either. I mean, there's a few big shows at South By, but for the most part, it's just a bunch of terrified industry people putting on showcases, a bunch of young kids just trying to get fucked up all under the guise of art and music and tech and podcasting and the streets are just filled with buffoonery it's it's kind of a shit show and i think it's a failing festival also well all i know is i did this radio thing and i've done that with you you do that every year right every year i've done it for 16 years and um everybody's nice everybody's super nice and every year andy's like oh dude you got to check this shit out this is the fucking real shit dude this is the fucking grammy award this is the hot buzzy bullshit and I check it out, and every year I'm absolutely underwhelmed. And I'm like, hey, did you see what I did, you dumb fuck? <laughs> By the way, I, I, I can't imagine Andy ever listening to this. But he, I don't know. It's so weird. Everybody's just like, oh, whatever the new thing is or whatever the buzz is. And every once in a while, it is something great. Like, I remember... 25 years ago, there was a buzz band called Morphine, and they were pretty good. And then there was another band that was a buzz band called Rage Against the Machine, and they were pretty good. Yeah, I mean... Those those days are long, long, long since gone by. I think that, you know, there was a a summer there where before anyone really knew who Lana Del Rey was, where she was like a buzzy thing, and she turned out to be great. I think Billie Eilish turned out to be great. She was very buzzy for a second. At South By? No, but just, I'm just talking. I'm kind of expanding that. Just general industry. 
this is the new shit. This is the new cool thing. I mean, industry people are scared. They don't know. They're not artists. They don't have artist brains. They're just people. They're just people who profit off of it, and they just glom onto it as an industry. And most of their decisions are based on fear, and they don't know what's really good. They know what people tell them is good, but they don't know what's well, really good. Well, most of the new shit now has nothing to do with the industry at all. Most of the new shit that's blowing up is TikTok, where somebody just gets some shit hot on YouTube. Yeah, but now, but that they've just the industry has found a way to. I mean, TikTok is a corporation, and now publishing deals and record deals and everything's being put funneled through TikTok now because what the industry realized is they're going to do so much work that we normally had to spend money to do. They're just going to generate it all themselves. They're even doing ads. They're even companies are just using people's TikTok videos in their advertising. Oh yeah. And just leveraging exposure to the kids to sell fucking Arby's curly fries. So yeah. the, it's, the, you, it's it's not outside the yeah. industry. It's very much a very much if, if maybe it started that way, but at this point, it's it gets gobbled up by corporations immediately, dude. And you know what I do when things get too when they get when everything gets to be too much for me. Guess what I do? What switch on if I'm not playing solitaire? I switch on the YouTube and watch Anacana Ranacanakina Bamba Anacatalina. Yeah, well that'll Anna that'll Catalina. do the trick. Did you get your scrub daddy yet? No, I'm about to buy all that shit. But I just want to listen to her like, this place was so dirty. <laughs> it had so many trashes. And we decided to have fun. This refrigerator smelled so bad. Who could like anything like this? Me, that's who. I loved it. <laughs> Uh, I could listen to her forever. <laughs> well, let's dip into the email bag a little bit because we got some emails we need to read. First of all, I want to say thank you to Joni Washburn and TJ for becoming patrons. You guys got that BDE and we appreciate it. The key to the secret weekly has been mailed to you. It is a skeleton key in the shape of a spider. And you can now come inside the igloo and have fun with us. So, And thank when we you. say come inside the igloo, we mean come inside the igloo. We mean bring your sperm and your cum. Just your ejaculate. All right, Liz Santillo writes in, and she says, Hey, Bob and Clint, first first of all, love the podcast. You and Clint bring it all. Now, my sister Joanne Capecchi and I have been traveling the state over the years attending Bob's shows. I just want to tell you how it started. I was in Jamaica in 99 with great friends, heard this great music coming out of the Nightstand CD player. It was the Lonely Land album. I remember thinking, I'm going to find all of Bob's stuff and go to a show. The journey started, and I started with Saxon Pub. I told my sister, who also joined me, we're nurses, and we share our affinity with all things Bob Schneider. I live in Dallas. She moved to Austin a few years ago, maybe even because of Bob, winky face. And we discuss shows and podcasts regularly. Here's one show we attended together at Dan Silverleaf with my daughter, who was in grad school at UNT. Want to say thanks for all the great stuff you put out there. Joanne and I love it all. And this is a picture from 2013, where you guys all look smiley and happy and beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was a year where everybody looked smiley, beautiful, and happy. That was that exact year. Right. Well, that's cool. Um, Jay Middleton, he's the guy who wrote in and said he lost 100 pounds. And we were like, what's that diet? And he wrote some details about that. He says, hey, guys, sorry for not mentioning the diet plan. I'm on my last email. It's called Bright Light or Bright Line Eating. He says, I suggest reading the book before actually committing to the program. It really gets your mind into understanding it and how to view food moving forward. My wife and I have been doing it together. It's actually strengthened our relationship in the process. Overall, though, people are all wired differently and have different ways of what works best for their body. 
I'm not a dietitian nor an expert, but I am still working on myself through this process. With the success I've had, why not share it to someone that may want it? All, anyways, if you have any questions, I can answer in any way I can. Much love to you all. Zip hard, Jay. The Bright Line Eating Diet. Oh, I'm looking it up already. Oh, B. Schniz is on that Google train. But there's 25 ways to spell Bright Line. Really? 25? Yeah. I mean, if you include Swahili. I was including that. So, yeah, that covers all of them. Oh, it's obviously, it looks like it's some kind of keto sitch. Long-term weight loss success, son. Enjoy the freedom. They're just immediately, like, trying to get your money right right as you get on here. Like, uh, get on that membership, son. I know. It's tough. It's like. Check this out. Enjoy freedom from hunger, food obsession, and cravings. Let's see what membership costs. I'm going to guess 70 bucks a month. Monthly, 20 bucks a month. Not bad. 20 bucks a, bu- a month for the first month. Then it's $17,000 every half it's week. It's 20, 20 months a month. And then after it's 20 months a month. It's 20 months a month. Right. And then, unless you want to go merely, and then it's uh, How 200 many? bunks merely. Right. Wow. But, or 20 months a month. Right. 20 months a month is affordable pretty much, but it depends on what your merely salary is and and if you've been out of work for a few months or not. Well, unless you work for uh, Jay uh, Burley Plumbing. What's that guy's what's the plumbing place? <laughs> Gaff, Gaffney. Old Man unless Gaffney. You were, if you work for Old Man Gaffney Plumbing, <laughs> then it's actually half that. It's It's... Ten month the bump. Well, you can get on this bright line diet. It uh, was sponsored by Gaffney Plumbing, and uh, with a lower cost of twenty dollars a bump, you can uh, be on the fast train to weight loss. See what's hey uh, Gaffney? What's the uh, what's the what's the slogan for Gaffney Plumbing? If your pops are humming, da da da, call Gaffney's holding. If your what? If your pops are humming, call Gaffney Plumbing. What is it? If your if your pops are humming, I'll even do it slow for you, Bob. If your pops are a humming, call Gaffney Dalding. Oh, oh man, I'm a simple man. I'm a simple man with simple fucking needs. I'll tell you what made me feel like a simple man. It took me three times to watch Dune, and I'm unfortunately here to tell you, Bob, that Dune sucks. It sucked. It is boring as hell. The beginning of it's confusing as hell. It never changes pace. It's like the same note for three hours. Some really pretty shots of a desert. A lot of wasted talent on screen. The one chick just cries the whole time. Timothy Chalamet makes the same face the whole time. No one cares. Nothing happens. And what? at the end, it ends and this chick goes, that's just the beginning. As if you're supposed to go, oh, thank God. Another <laughs> fucking 180 minutes of people just walking around. It stinks. Stinks. Yeah, I loved it. What's our, did it's you guys see Batman yet? Have you no, seen Batman yet? No, I, I would. Love I don't to think you're it. gonna like Batman. <sighs> I mean, here's the deal. I like science fiction. I like Denis Villeneuve, however you say his name. But I didn't. I have not liked since he became famous. 
It's such a cliche. But I liked him when he was kind of a struggling filmmaker. Enemy, Prisoners, uh, Sicario, great. Arrival, okay. Arrival was his first big shot. And I, I liked it okay. I love Alien movies. And he did okay. And I love Amy Adams. That movie, that movie was written and made for me because I just love all, everything about it. It did really well. So they're like, they give him the keys to the kingdom in Hollywood. He makes Blade Runner horrible stink. Yeah, but the first half of Blade Runner is incredible. It only gets bad when Harrison Ford gets on. on and the then scene. this Dune movie, I'm telling you, man. Like, no, I, Dune's great. I mean, what did you like about it? It's beautiful. It's a beautiful it's movie. It's beautiful. I, That's it. I know I know the story inside and out. I've read the books. I've seen the David Lynch movie probably seven or eight times. Okay, but here's the deal. If um, you have to have if you have to know all of this, if you have to have read the thousand page book and watched all the bad attempted movies to understand it, then it fails. It fails as a story. It's like I remember one time me and you hanging out in front of the Saxon pub and our good friend Max Frost, who is a talented a, a, a wonderful artist whose music i love i remember him telling me we were arguing about kanye this is like in 2013 and he's like dude he's like do you smoke weed he's like you got to be fucking high to enjoy it boom disqualified now i get it if you're high you can enjoy it on some other level but if you have to be high to get it and understand it and enjoy it it's disqualified if you have to like if you have to fucking read a uh if you get a syllabus with like reading material to understand a movie, it fails. I agree. I don't trust anybody who's high when they're watching movies. Um, yeah, I think you're going to have a hard time with with uh, with with Batman. I will say this: I watched The Dark Knight uh, Rises, which is the second Batman movie. I think that's horrible. Also, the one with uh, the one with the one with Tom Hardy. No, no, the one with no. That's oh, you're talking about the. Ba- the, it, yeah, you're talking about the, the Dark no. Knight. That's just the Dark Knight. It's just called the Dark Knight. Yeah, yeah. Dark Knight Rises is the third one. So I Tom watched Hardy. the whole Dark Knight. I'm like, man, let me give this movie a shot again. I love that movie. because I've told you I didn't like it. Yeah, I just watched it two days ago and not very good. Oh man, see, we're just coming from two different places on this stuff. You ne- here's why you didn't like it before. You felt like it was too violent for the rating it got, which doesn't have it's, anything to do really with the movie. It's still, it, it's still. It's still too much. There's just too much murder. And then Heath Ledger is too. Uh, it's too much, dude. It's too much. Do you think Dune is a better movie than Dark Knight? Oh, my God. 100%. What, but you haven't told me what you liked about Dune other than you love the story already. That doesn't have anything to do with the movie. It was beautiful. No, no issue with that. Beautiful movie. But other than that. I mean, I just think that he's created this absolutely believable real world. Like he created just the same way they did in in Star Wars. He created a world that I'm 100% believe exists. Like that's incredibly hard to do. I I just didn't think he achieved that. Because I was coming in dry. I'm coming and going, I don't know the story of Dune. I know it's deserty and i know there are sandworms and i know it's science fiction so give it to me baby i was excited and i'm like wait who are the wait who what's going on the who's getting the spice who's the emperor again is the emperor this blob guy no that's not the emperor no, you never you never see right the emperor. he's he wants them to harvest the spice because he but he really wants to sabotage their family 
But then the son is a witch and his mom's a witch and he's the one. All these movies love have the Jesus character. They're always the one. Neo's the one. They're the, the big savior, but he doesn't know it yet. He's meek and he just looks sad all the time and she's always crying and everyone's upset and then all of a sudden they're on this planet and the dad's supposed to be a big noble and then before you know it, they're being betrayed. And he's like, I thought we had more time. I'm like, what? I didn't even know what's happening yet. Then he dies and then the son can suddenly like fly all these spaceships and shit. It's like, and then he's suddenly like this amazing ninja. I love too, like everyone's just a ninja all of a sudden. He's like the greatest warrior ever now and he kills that guy on the rock. Like really easily kills like their greatest warrior. Well, because he's using witchcraft to do that, but you don't understand that if you haven't read the book. Yeah, because the movie didn't help me understand any of it. Well, okay, I'm not. I'm not going to try to convince you to like the movie. No, no, I'm not asking you to convince me. I'm just curious. I'm curious what you liked about it because I couldn't find much to like about it. I just I like how absolutely believable everything. Like the the art direction in that movie was as good as any film I've ever seen. Like the costumes, the the shots of the world, the the uh, just all of it. I just, it was just amazing to watch it all come to life. It was like what a what a Star Wars movie should be and isn't hasn't been. You'll just take whatever you can get. Like I love Nightmare on Elm Street. I love Freddy Krueger. I love him as a villain. I love the world in which he can come to life in your dreams. So if any creative person, especially a really talented director like that Denis guy, if they give him the keys and some money to make any story about Freddy Krueger and bring it to a big screen to me, I'm in. Whereas most of those movies get really poorly rated because I guess they're not really, honestly, really very good. But if you like if you like Star Wars, if you loved it when you were a kid, you'll just eat any of this shit up. I, that's not true because like I watched Raised by Wolves, that was horrible. Uh, Westworld's horrible. Like all these science fiction, uh, they did they did a Foundation on Apple Plus, which was Isaac Asimov's big kind of his Dune. He had the uh, Foundation trilogy. It's about these mathematicians who can predict the future. And I'm like, it started off great. Like the first episode was like man this is killer by the third episode it's unwatchable so i it's not like i like everything science fiction well that's not what i meant i just meant you if you love a world yeah and i like i like, like you love the dune world yeah and i like that story i you love it because you read i it. know what's i know what's going to happen i love those characters i love how evil the evil guys are i love how good the good people are so I, I I know all of them, and I like the way they were portrayed. So they just handed you they handed you a really high budget, beautiful beautiful looking piece of film about a world you already love. Yes, that's why you loved it. Yeah. I mean that's it. Yeah. For me, I love the director, and I love science fiction in general, and I loved how beautiful it was. But as a movie, it was just it didn't work. And another movie that was all style, but confusing and quirky and weird was French Dispatch, which is the new. Of course, it's the Wes Anderson movie. It's not good. Like, it was just hurting my head to watch it. Beautiful, amazing. Like, the the worlds he builds and, like, the sets, the way he gets everything to look, it's, like, kind of blows my mind that a person writes that and does that and then can, like, have it all made. Because every almost every scene had such an immaculately beautiful, crazy set. He's like Tim Burton. But, man, by the end of that movie, I was exhausted. There's this weird thing where people just get kind of lost in the weeds with what something looks like. But what really matters is, do you care about these people? 
And if you don't care about him, it doesn't matter how good it looks. Like he's been able to make films where you care about the characters and and has that amazing art direction. And those movies are good. But then lots of times he'll just make movies and I don't think he understands what makes somebody a, a sympathetic character or not. I, I just don't care about any of those people in French French Dispatch at all. I will say though, yeah, me neither. There was everything's very cold. It's like what? I will say though, no one else in the world makes movies that look like his. And same with Tim Burton. They have their very own thing that is very them. Tim Burton's similar. Steve McQueen is that way. What can you say? I watched uh, I watched another uh, Oscar movie though called Drive My Car. That's three hours of Japanese, Korean, and sign language. Yeah, that's in my queue. I, I just I'm having a hard time mustering the energy to watch it. <laughs> good, good luck, dude. Yeah, you're, I think you're gonna have a really hard time with that one. But it is just a meditative movie about loss and sadness. And oh boy, how how do you how do you stay? How do you continue? breathing another breath in a world that is just nothing but constant betrayal and sorrow it's it's really good sounds like a fucking slog why is every movie three hours now what happened i think it's because they're making these long ass movies on netflix and stuff and they're like ah fuck it and plus nobody's going to the movies so they're it's all streamed anyways nobody gives a fuck but like so i watched I finished Dune, and I honestly, man, capital S, capital L, capital O, capital G, slog. And I watched a movie right after it, almost like a palate cleanser called Kimmy. Have you seen Kimmy yet? Uh -uh. Zoe Kravitz, who's amazing, by the way. 90 minutes. It's a movie about, Kimmy is basically like Alexa or Siri. So it's a a dystopian future movie about. Oh, have I? Maybe I have seen it. She has blue hair in it. She overhears a, she overhears like a domestic crime when she's, she analyzes the audio that comes in through these devices. It's basically like blowout. No, I definitely, I, I've seen the preview for it. Maybe I've seen the movie. So here's what it's like. It's basically Alfred Hitchcock's rear window because she's agoraphobic. She can't go outside. Yeah. So she just watches everyone from her window and it's blowout. Uh, De Palma's blowout. 90 minutes. They tell the whole story. You deeply care about what happens to her. You're scared for her the whole time. And it, when I finished that after the three-hour Dune Fest, which took me three viewings to watch, I was like, thank God people are still making movies like this. That's just my kind of movie. You're in, you're out, you tell a story, the story ends. It's not some big bloviated artistic statement. I don't know, man. And another movie I really loved this year, Encanto. Loved it. Seen it two or three times now. Man, I liked Encanto until the end. The ending is so bad, but I really loved it until the end. It gets the really end cheesy. Is, it's so bad. The and the same with the new Batman, dude. The last I'm telling you, just be expecting the worst last twenty minutes of Batman. I'm excited for really, Batman. Really good first two hours and fifteen minutes, and then real bad twenty minutes. I'm telling you, dude. Movies don't need to be three hours. They just don't need to be th- like. Batman I'm, definitely didn't need to be that long. I mean, at all. Wolf of Wall Street, three hours blows by. Quentin Tarantino, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, blows by like that. That was too long. Too long, the movie. Well, let's kick it to the Secret Weekly where we'll keep disagreeing about films. It's, I know it's everyone's favorite thing that we talk about. Oh, yeah. We appreciate all you out there. Write in Bob. Listen, if you don't want to hear us argue about movies, write in Bob and Clint at gmo.com. Make some suggestions. We'll get weird. We'll get crazy. We'll kick it to the Secret Weekly. Go listen to all our other stuff. Go see us on tour and all that stuff. We love you. We'll see you next week. Bye. And remember, if your pipes are humming, call Gaffney Gingleby. <laughs>
Gigabook. <laughs>